from the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you as the Lord allows us this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 o'clock Eastern Time. And uh, today on this uh, October 29th, 2020, already Thursday, already Catechism Day, and uh, uh, since we're so close to um, the end of this month, because you know uh, Saturday is Halloween, the eve of All Hallows, and then we get into All Saints Day and All Souls Day, I thought we would uh, go to the Catechism today, uh, the Catechism teaching on heaven and hell, and maybe we'll, well, purgatory too, we'll see how far we get, we may save that till Next week, since All Souls Day is Monday, but of course I won't be with you Monday, we'll work it out. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I hope you're having a great day today, a rainy, rainy day, staying dry, the remnants of uh, the Zeta storm, and uh, just hoping that you're, you're staying dry and warm on this October 29th. Tomorrow, of course, Friday, October 30th, it's hard to believe uh, for me that it was 10 years ago on October 30th, 2010, 10 years ago, that we had our big event up at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. Um, brought in, again, he was in great standing at the time with the church, uh, Father John Carapi, and uh, actually was his last public appearance, uh, believe it or not, 10 years, my goodness. And uh, that was a turning point, really was, a, a pivotal turning point uh, for the better, here at Domestic Church Media. Uh, I'll share a little bit of that story with you. Um, anyway, let's first pray, and uh, we're going to pray our prayer for the country. As I said, we are thrilled that we have depleted our supply of the prayer for the United States of America, having sent out 5,000 of these. Actually, as I said yesterday, or the other day, 4,998, since we have two here in the studio. So I ordered 5,000 back in July, and they're all gone. I'm sorry. Those of you who have written since then and asked for some, I'm sorry. I don't have any to give you. Um, we only have the two here, and we need them in the studio. <laughs> but uh, uh, 5,000 of these cards went out, and people are praying, praying, praying. Because you know what, my friends? There is so much confusion in the world. I, I get emails a lot, and I get information from people who are asking questions about uh, the Holy Father, what the Holy Father say, why isn't he clarifying, et cetera, et cetera, all these uh, emails. And, you know, it, it really just struck me today as I was sitting in the, ch the chapel, you know, you s strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. And that the devil wants us to do that. He wants us to be so divided and so scattered about because there's great power in numbers and in unity. When we all come together as one body of Christ, but when we're 
scattered about and divided, and, and uh, the devil, he, he's, he's getting his way. So we got to pray for unity, uh, both in our church, our country as well. We're praying for our country. You know, the election's only five days away. And uh, as I've been saying, you know, we're not here to, to endorse any particular political candidate. Uh, we're here to endorse life and protecting life in all its stages. And um, it takes a well-formed Catholic conscience, not a prideful one, but a well-formed Catholic conscience to make the right decision. So let's pray this prayer for our country in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother. In union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme, eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our President and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our Mother, have mercy on the sick the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our Mother, Patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And as Holy Father asked, we will pray the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and also the uh, Subtum Presidium prayer, uh, the beautiful ancient prayer to Our Lady for protection. So we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And again, friends, I thank you for praying. And uh, speaking of prayer, this coming Monday, November 2nd, the Feast of All Souls, is first Monday, obviously, in the month. And that means our good friend Bruce DeBacco will be here for his program, Come to the Throne. We're going to throw open wide the prayer tent and invite you to call in, and boy, oh boy, the day before the election, lots of prayers, lots and lots and lots of prayers. Let's come together and pray for all of your intentions, the intentions of our nation, uh, one nation under God, 
And we pray that we remain one nation under God and put God in the rightful place in this country. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's been a long time, I think, uh, that we have, as a culture, attempted to remove him. But uh, our motto still stands. We are one nation under God, and in God we trust. So let's pray. On Monday, 3 o'clock live, Bruce DeBacco will be here, and he will be praying uh, and inviting you to call in and pray as well. You know, I also, we should have mentioned at the top of our prayer, also to remember in our prayers, those poor souls who perished at the attack at uh, the Notre Dame Basilica in uh, Nice, France, uh, overnight. Um, Horrible, what they're saying is a terrorist attack on individuals. One uh, poor, uh, I think uh, three people were killed. One was beheaded. Horrible. And it was just before mass began. If we don't think that the devil is active in the world today, just look at that situation. They were about to celebrate the holy sacrifice of the mass. A deranged individual came in uh, screaming with a uh, knife and uh, actually decapitated an older woman and uh, stabbed the others. Horrible, horrible situation. So remember them in, in prayer and also remember, you know, our world, you know, that will and has been at times suffering from terrorist attacks. And, you know, the violence that's occurring, we see what's happening down in Philadelphia and all of that violence so close to home here. Um, you know, again, we need God to intervene. And I do believe, I don't know how, in what way, how it's going to manifest itself. I just really have a strong belief that we will see a very powerful manifestation of divine intervention in our country, for the good, obviously, um, because we do need it. We need miracles. So, you know, you can say what you will, but uh, boy, oh boy, this year has been uh, a year like none other, right? In our lifetime, I mean, when the the entire year has just gone by quickly, but but during this year, so many things that have turned our lives upside down, inside out, um, topsy turvy, and it's, it, we we need prayer, and it's affected even the spiritual life of individuals because of churches having been closed, and even now uh, limited. Churches, there is a uh, dispensation on mass attendance, and uh, all these things that are an, a, a direct uh, result and an effect of of the virus and and the situation that we face there. So, and with the presidential election on top of that, and the polarization in our country, the division, uh, it's just a, a very very disturbing situation. So we need the hand of God to come down. <laughs> And be placed on this country. And that's why we pray this prayer to our Blessed Mother. You know, under the title of the Immaculate Conception, she's the, the patroness of our land. And she watches over this country. And we pray now, as we do in our prayer uh, every day at the top of the hour, we pray that she takes our country and, and brings it in her Immaculate hands and presents it to the Most Holy Trinity to protect us Uh and so, I, you know, again, I don't, I don't know what way. I, I'm not any type of seer. I'm not really into, you know, I, I don't claim to have any of those mystical uh, uh, charisms. 
But I just feel that we're going to see something uh, that will be an obvious manifestation of divine intervention. So let's keep that in prayer. I thought it would be interesting today also, um, you know, we're coming up to All Souls Day, and uh, that's going to be on Monday, that although the church doesn't actually teach a lot about purgatory, there is something in the catechism, and and, uh, we'll share that, Um, but saints, many saints have, have claimed to have seen purgatory. You know, what is purgatory? Why is it necessary? And, and, you know, are we going to go there? I know, I remember Father Benedict Rochelle, God rest his soul, um, would often say he he hoped he would spend a thousand years in purgatory. (laughs) Um, And I remember at his funeral, uh, Father Andrew Apostoli, again, God rest his soul, our dear friend, Father Andrew, in uh, his homily, said he mentioned that, that Father Benedict uh, always said he wanted to spend a lot of time in purgatory, and Father uh, Apostoli said, I don't think he's spending a lot of time in purgatory. I think he's pretty much on his way home uh, to his uh, heavenly reward. But anyway, great saints like St. Catherine of Genoa said of purgatory, she herself is said to have suffered the pains of purgatory on earth, claimed there is in purgatory as much pain as in hell. Well, that's kind of scary, isn't it? Uh, like the damned souls there suffer hunger for God, they don't yet see. Like a, a man who could live without eating, hungering more and more for the bread he doesn't have. And that's St. Catherine's image. And they suffer from fire that will be more painful than anything man can suffer in the present life. Um, so think about that. You know, we, we talk about this fire, whatever that fire is will be more painful than anything we can suffer here in this life. Um, Once St. Catherine of Ricci is said to have suffered 40 days for a soul in purgatory, when a novice touched her hand, she remarked, Mother, you are burning. So St. Catherine of Ricci um, herself, having suffered 40 days for a soul in purgatory, was hot to the touch, according to the novice, At the same time, St. Catherine of Genoa also taught souls in purgatory unite great joy with suffering. No peace is comparable to that of the souls in purgatory except that of the saints in heaven. So it's an interesting uh, dichotomy there, right? That no peace is uh, comparable to that of the souls in purgatory. There is a, a, a great joy with suffering. And you know, we say that here in this life, you know, whenever we find ourselves in some type of suffering, whether it be a physical suffering or a, an emotional suffering, uh, even a spiritual suffering. You know, when I was growing up, the nuns would say, offer it up. You know, you offer it up for the souls in purgatory or offer it up for your sins or offer it up for a particular intention to unite that suffering with the suffering of the Lord. Well, the souls in purgatory are uniting great joy with their suffering there. And, um, being a place of cleansing and mercy. Why, you know, uh, why do we need it? Uh, well, we know that in order to, to be with God for all eternity, we have to be holy as our Heavenly Father is holy. 
And what does that mean? Well, you know, we're of a fallen nature. And when we leave this world, and we will, we're all going to leave this world. Every single one of us. No one's going to be exempt from that. That we will, in order to be with God, need to be in a sanctified state. And that sanctification maybe takes place in this life through the sufferings we're asked to endure and, and uniting those sufferings with the Lord's and offering them up and recognizing those sufferings as a necessary part of our own uh, purgation on the way to the heavenly kingdom. Uh, but maybe not enough. Maybe we need to stop off on the way and, and to spend some time in purgatory, to be purged finally of those remnants of sin and imperfections in order to be with Almighty God forever in heaven. And that's the goal. So a little bit of suffering in purgatory, however that might be, and however long that may be, we know we're outside of time, so we really can't put a, a, a time measurement on it. Although in our own weak uh, humanity, we, we do, you know, we used to talk about indulgences and, and, and uh, things like that where we would talk about uh, amount of time. But we know you leave this world and you are then outside of time. There's no time measurement. There's no clock in purgatory. Maybe, well, maybe there is. Maybe, maybe that's, part of the, that's part of the purgation. You're watching the clock. How much time? Like we were in school, remember? We used to watch the clock and wait for it to reach 3 o'clock. <laughs> it seemed like forever because we wanted to get out of there. Well, for me, anyway, I wasn't a good student. That's why I'm more like purgatory <laughs> for me in school than, than uh, anywhere else. But um, these are important things to consider because these are very real and, and parts of our existence. We can't just pretend that it doesn't exist. We can't pretend that hell is not a real state of being, and people may go there. We can't pretend that uh, purgatory is not a, a real state of existence. We're going to find out, you know, probably more people go to purgatory first before they reach heaven than than not, we'd like to think that maybe isn't the case or isn't necessary, but, uh, you know, we, we, we are of a fallen nature. And we have, uh, although our sins in, through the great sacrament of confession have been forgiven, there might be still need for further purification of those sins. So something to think about. You know, we're going to be celebrating All Souls Day on Monday where we remember the poor souls in purgatory. And they have, great, they have great power in their prayer. They can't pray for themselves. We can pray for them to help ease their suffering, maybe even ease their, uh, the amount of time. Again, we're using that term, but it really can't speak to time. But to ease their uh, existence in that state of being along the way to uh, final glory, glory in heaven. But they can pray for us. So we can ask the poor souls, to pray for us in their suffering. You know, we, we, we don't teach enough, I guess, about the, the church uh, militant we here on earth, or the church suffering those members of our, the body of Christ who are in purgatory, and those, uh, the church triumphant, the, the, the souls that have made it, the saints in heaven, that we are united in a very special way 
it would be you know good for you. And I today we're going to get to the catechism a little later on, um, but beginning with paragraph ten twenty three, and we'll do that today, uh, where the catechism teaches about heaven. But the, the whole section is about heaven, hell, and purgatory. Might not be a bad weekend to take out your catechism and dust it off. And read, as I'll share with some of it today, I won't be able to get to the whole thing today uh, in that section, but beginning with paragraph 1023. You know, every Catholic home should have a catechism, and every Catholic home should be using that catechism. You know, very important to read the catechism, just like we do here every Thursday. Just take it out and a few paragraphs and just meditate on it and reflect on the teaching of the church. Uh, but we'll do this a little later on, uh, paragraph 1023, starting with paragraph 1023 on heaven. Um, but it does cover heaven, hell, and purgatory. Um, before we do that, take our break. I mentioned earlier that uh, it'll be 10 years ago tomorrow. Hard to believe, 10 years ago, October 30th, 2010, that domestic church media had a major major event, the biggest event we ever had uh, at the Prudential Center up in Newark, a major sports arena here in New Jersey, um, where the New Jersey Devils hockey team plays. I guess they still play there. Um, And we brought in Father Carapi. And at the time, Father Carapi, Father John Carapi, uh, was in very, very good standing in the church for 20 years. Um, he was a uh, an outstanding preacher. We brought him in a number of times to the area. Um, but he was becoming so popular, and this is, again, 10 years ago, so popular that we needed to literally rent an arena to, to bring him, to hold all the people who wanted to come see him. And the miracle in all of this is that we had brought him in previously, and we went to, we were a couple of years, we were at the Shrine of Shenstehova up in Doylestown. Uh, one year we went to uh, a high school auditorium, that high school theater that held about 1,100 people. And when we first started bringing him in, we brought him to our Catholic, our, our, our parish over in uh, Bucks County. <clears throat> but his popularity had grown so much that we uh, he was only doing five speaking tours a year and he was doing it regionally uh, west south east north northeast and and you know we had known him and I wrote to him and asked him um, if he would come to New Jersey and he said absolutely for you guys I'll do it so because we had brought him in a number of times before that we were right in the middle of trying to purchase this station where I sit right now, our first major AM station, 1260. At the time, we were leasing it, and we also had received permission from the FCC to um, open a second station over in Freehold, 89.3. But again, we needed money because we had to buy a transmitter and all the things that went with it. So we needed we needed a lot of money, basically. <laughs> needed a lot of money. And we thought that having this event in the, in the uh, Prudential Center up in Newark would be a good way to raise that money. We had probably, uh, I guess, close to 12, 13,000 people come to that event. And um, people were coming from all over. We had people come up from uh, Puerto Rico. We had people coming in from the West Coast. 
Uh, one couple came in from Ireland, <laughs> flew in from Ireland uh, to see Father Karapi. Now, by the way, um, as I said, during these times, Father Karapi was in very good standing with the church. Uh, as I said, this uh, event that we had was the last public event that he had. Uh, and it was March following that, October, March of 2011, that he had been accused of, of um, inappropriate behavior, consensual, but inappropriate behavior with, with a, an adult woman. And uh, that just started the downfall. We pray for Father Karapi. We pray for him. I, 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 I don't know his situation right now. I've not heard from him in 10 years. Um, but I know for 20 years leading up to that time, he was had an, an enormous impact on the church, positive impact, obviously. Or we wouldn't have had all these thousands of people coming from all over the world to see him. But we needed, at that event, we needed about $450,000. I'm only sharing this. It's, it's, it is a miracle. We needed $450,000 needed $400,000 to finalize the purchase of this station, and we needed it by December 1st, so basically four weeks from that event. We didn't have it. And even just by ticket sales, we weren't even close to getting it. So we all thought, okay, this is going to be a, although a very, very powerful spiritual event, it's going to be a financial bust. But then the miracle happened. Uh, you know, as I shared with you so often, domestic uh, church media has been the recipient of many miracles by our, our, our Lord. And this day, October 30th, 2010, 10 years ago tomorrow, a major, major miracle occurred. We had, at the event, one of our friends from EWTN gave a talk about the need to support Catholic radio in New Jersey, the need to support domestic church media. And Father Karapi and I were standing off the stage, off, off stage before he went on to give his talk. So the, our friend from EWTN gave his talk. I went up and introduced Father Karapi. Father Karapi came up to the microphone, and he said, Now look, <laughs> before I start my talk, there are a lot of people in this building who have a lot more money than I do. And he said, I want to help these people get this Catholic radio station going. I will pledge $100,000 if anyone else, I will match $100,000 if anyone else will, will donate. So in other words, Father Crappie was offering $100,000 if someone in the crowd would, would donate $100,000, which would, give it two, which would have given us $200,000. He said, I'm serious. I'll write the check right now. And I was standing off stage with my mouth dropped open. What is he doing? And then don't you know, this is the miracle. Within, I'm going to say within 30 to 45 seconds, three different people came up to me and said, I want to give you $100,000. <throat> so we had, in less than a minute, between Father Karapi and three very generous donors, raised the $400,000 we needed to buy 1260 AM. Now, you may say, well, Jim, you said you needed 450. You know, I didn't. The other 50 was to get the FM station up and running in Freehold. And that 50 came from 
what was left over of the proceeds from the event. So you see how God works and the miracle that is domestic church media. And I say that in all humility because it's nothing I've done. I'm just, you know, as Mother Angelica would say, God chooses dodos to do his work. And when God wanted Catholic radio in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, he says, that's the dodo I want right there, that guy, Jim uh, Manfred Dodo. <laughs> and uh, that's how it works. That was 10 years ago. And then I remember that when that event was over, I went, we were, again, we were in this massive arena. And it was, the whole thing was put together by members of my board of directors. It was just wonderful, wonderful. I have to shoot them a little email today to remind them it's been 10 years. But I remember going to see uh, Father Karapi before he left. And I said, Father, I said, thank you so much. And oh, my pleasure, Jim. He was such a good friend of ours. And I said, Father, I said, how about next year we do Madison Square Garden? <laughs> he said, I'd love it. Great. Be great. And that's the last I saw of him. And then, of course, he had his trouble with the accusation. And again, it was a, an accusation of consensual relations with an adult woman. It wasn't, you know, with a child or a pedophilia. It was, it was, it was an accused, he was accused of uh, consensual relations with an adult uh, woman, which he denied. He denied. And then, of course, all the back and forth began and, Anyway, we pray for him. I just think of him often and uh, because of the great impact he did have when he was in good standing. Uh, so anyway, let me take a break. When I come back, we're going to go to the catechism since it is Thursday and go to the catechism teaching on heaven. And uh, we'll see if we get to the other parts, but we'll start with heaven. Thanks a lot. Don't go away. More to come on Come to Me. Hello, brothers and sisters. This is Sister Ann Shields speaking to you from Food for the Journey, a program that is heard on domestic church radio Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m. I want to encourage you to listen to that program, not because I'm doing it, but because I speak of the scripture readings for the day, and the Word of God is what gives us life. Brothers and sisters, want to work a virtual miracle life. for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is, 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, 
online, go to goodshop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit goodshop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's goodshop.com and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. Goodshop.com. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Man who's free to love is free to hate. He who is free to obey is free to rebel. Virtue in this concrete order is possible only in those spheres in which it is possible to be vicious. A man can be a saint only in a church in which it is possible to be a devil. You say, well, if I were God, I would destroy evil. Well, if you did that, you would destroy human freedom. God will not destroy freedom. If we do not want any dictators on this earth, certainly we do not want any dictators in the kingdom of heaven. And those, therefore, who would blame God for allowing man freedom to go on hindering and thwarting his work are like those who, seeing blots and smudges and errors in the student's notebook, would condemn the teacher for not snatching away the book and doing the copy himself. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we've got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media? P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. From Fallsington to Fort Monmouth. Little Silver to Lower Makefield. Rumson to Roebling. Washington Crossing to West Long Branch. Eatontown to Englishtown. Domestic Church Catholic Radio, proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. All righty, welcome back. On this October 29th, rainy, 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 rainy October 29th. I, uh, I don't have any windows here in the studio, but I think I still hear rain pattering on the roof. So I guess it's still out there. <laughs> I was thinking about this roof. You know, over a year ago, we had that wonderful donation uh, from many people who helped us put a new roof on our building here. What a great blessing that was. As I say, you know, miracle after miracle after miracle uh, with this apostolate. Um, God's favor comes down upon us so often. Today, for instance, um, our good friend from over at St. Michael's in Long Branch, Father John Butler, uh, came over and said Mass for me here in the chapel. Just beautiful, you know, to be able to worship the Lord in, in right here in the place where we work. And I thank you, my friends. And speaking of that, I just want to remind you that, uh, you know, we didn't have our Radiothon in the spring, as you know. We count on that Radiothon every year to carry us through the summer and fall months. 
We didn't have those funds this year, so it put us in a pretty, uh, pretty serious financial bind since we were falling short every month. So we are having our Radiothon December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. That's the first Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in December. And I'm just asking you now to please pray about it, open your heart um, to help us during those three days, to help raise the money that we should have been able to raise back in the spring but didn't because of COVID. So uh, that's how we exist. I wish there were another way. I wish I had an endowment of a million dollars in the bank somewhere. I don't. I wish, you know, myself, I wish I were personally wealthy so I could just fund the whole thing. I, I don't. I can't. Um, we count on you, our wonderful family of listeners and viewers, day in and day out, writing those checks to us and supporting us. Uh, but we can't do it without you. So please pray about it December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Our Radiothon 2020 will be held. Bruce Tabaka will be here with me hosting uh, co-hosting with me, uh, Cheryl will be here, uh, our Bruce's lovely wife, Linda, will be praying in the chapel. It's not going to be like Radiothon's past where we had a, a multitude of people and, and, and uh, a lot of activity here in the building because of the virus. Uh, we will be taking, uh, uh, volunteers will be taking calls off-site, so your calls will you'll still dial the same numbers, but they'll be answered by our volunteers off-site. Working that out, uh, just a whole bunch of changes in that way. But the big thing is to support us uh, because we, we we can't survive. And as I said yesterday, you know, one of the, the themes that recurring images that we seem to be having as we prepare for this Radiothon is that of a lighthouse. In the storms uh, that we've all been asked to, to uh, endure in 2020, uh, I do believe the domestic church media for so many, because I've heard from you, uh, ha- has been like that lighthouse guiding souls to safe harbor uh, through all the storms of the year. Uh, and uh, we want to keep doing that. We want to be able to keep doing that. We want to keep growing and reaching more and more people. And right now, literally, we are going around the world. We're, we're going around the world on all of our audio platforms. We're going around the world on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash domestic church media. We're going around the world on our Facebook page Facebook.com slash Domestic Church Media. People can watch the program, listen all over the world, all over the world. And um, think about that, the light of Christ being shown on on all the continents. Uh, and People with any type of, of uh, techni- or, um, mobile device, phone, tablet can listen or watch and hear the Word of God proclaimed. This is what we're going to do now in a moment by going to the Catechism. But that can't happen without you. So Please pray about it. We have uh, fifty-six. The first fifty-six thousand dollars raised, by the way, in the radio. The first fifty-six thousand dollars raised in the radiothon will be matched dollar for dollar. We've had some very generous uh, souls who are uh, have pledged matching gifts, and so that has totaled now fifty-six thousand dollars. So the first fifty-six thousand dollars raised in our radiothon will be matched dollar for dollar. So please prayerfully consider and be generous because your gift up to the first 56000 will be doubled, basically. If you want to donate during the Radiothon $100, it will become $200. If you want to donate $1,000, it becomes $2,000. If you want to donate $5,000, it becomes 10000 
Maybe someone out there wants to make a very generous generous donation of $50,000. It'll automatically become $100,000 because of the, the match. So please pray about that. Between now and December 2nd, put your change in a, in a, in a jar. You know, Save up and, and support this work because we need you. We can't do any of this without you. So that's December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, our Radiothon 2020. Please mark it on your calendar. Say some prayers for us between now and then, and uh, we'll have a great time those three days. Let's go to the Catechism. It is Thursday, and we're going to start with paragraph 1023. This is in the section of the Catechism of the Catholic Church uh, that will teach about heaven, hell, and purgatory. And paragraph 1023 begins this way. Those who die in God's grace and friendship and are perfectly purified live forever with Christ. They are like God forever, for they see him as he is face to face. Just think about that. Just meditate and contemplate that. You know, we've all had family and friends, relatives, acquaintances who have passed on. And we pray that they've done whatever purgatory they had to do. They're now with God. They are like God forever, the Catechism says, because they see him as he is face to face. The same destiny is ours. If we die in God's grace and friendship and we are perfectly purified, in whatever way that may be, in whatever way that happens, purgatory. You know, I remember Father Benedict, speaking of Father Benedict, who said he wanted to spend a 1,000 years in purgatory. He would oftentimes, you know, we have his program on in the morning at 9 o'clock, The Wisdom of Father Groeschel. In many of those teachings, he will say, you don't believe in purgatory? Where do you think you are now? In other words, you know, we all suffer. We all maybe are becoming purified uh, through the burdens that we have in life and the sufferings that we have in life. I don't know. Maybe some, you know, don't have any suffering, and they, they're living the life of Riley, as they used to say. They may be the people who have to go to purgatory on the way to heaven. Bottom line is God created us for heaven. He didn't create us for eternal death, damnation. He created us for eternal life. And it's, you know, as I said, we all, and you all, we all have had family members, close family members, parents, siblings, children, and friends, and, 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 and others who have passed on. And the beautiful thing about our faith is that, yes, it's a painful separation. That's just human nature to be sad, to be mourning the, quote-unquote, loss of a loved one. But we really do know and understand and believe that it's not a permanent loss. It's not a, a permanent separation. That that beautiful soul created in the image and likeness of God has been called back to himself. And the soul 
becomes like God forever. That's right in the catechism. For they see him as he is face to face, and our, our destiny is the same. In paragraph 1024, the catechism says, This perfect life with the most holy trinity, this communion of life and love with the trinity, with the Virgin Mary and the angels and all the blessed, is called heaven. Heaven is the ultimate end and fulfillment of the deepest human longings, the state of supreme, definitive happiness. We've never even scratched the surface of that in this life. Oh, there are times, I think, you know, uh, we can all think of our own lives and experiences where maybe we've, we've had a little bit of a hint of what that might be like. I, I use, and I'm sure many of you can too, whether you're moms or dads, the birth of a child. I remember the, the birth of our first child, our oldest son, Joseph, who's going to be 32 in, in January, <laughs> a long time ago. But there was something in that delivery room when, when he was born that just almost as if a, a light enveloped the entire room and all who were in it like I had never experienced before. As if we all of a sudden were lifted to a different realm. And it happened with all three of my children, but I remember the first time it happened was like, whoa. This is, and that was just a little touch, a little hint, teeny tiny speck of what we're going to experience in heaven. So think about this again. The catechism heaven is the ultimate end and fulfillment of the deepest longings that we have. As St. Paul teaches us, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it even entered the mind what God has in store for those who love him. I, I would like to think that whatever our deepest human longings are will be fulfilled in heaven. The Catechism says that. The state of supreme, definitive happiness. I mean, just think, that awaits us. It's, the, the Catechism says to, to live in heaven is to be with Christ. The elect live in Christ, but they retain or rather find their true identity, their own name. For life is to be with Christ. Where Christ is, there is life, there is the kingdom. And in paragraph 1026, our catechism says, By his death and resurrection, Jesus Christ has opened heaven to us. The life of the blessed consists in the full and perfect possession of the fruits of the redemption accomplished by Christ. He makes partners in his heavenly glorification, those who have believed in him and remained faithful to his will. Heaven is the blessed community of all who are perfectly incorporated into Christ. Imagine what it must be like when you finally enter through those pearly gates, as they say, and all who will be there waiting for you. 
the, 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 the family members, parents, siblings, children, close friends. Of course, the ultimate first is, is, is our triune God, but imagine how much it must please our God to see us in the joy expressed when we finally do once again become reunited with those who have gone before us. And then to be able to spend an eternity with them with never having to say goodbye again. Never, you know, we're, we're finding ourselves this year, especially, you know, locked up, quarantined, shut down, all these things. <laughs> we're imprisoned, basically. Our, our freedoms are restricted in so many ways to the point of where we're even being separated from loved ones. But imagine what it must be like when we leave this world. And no one wants to die. No one's, no one's hoping and wishing for death. But we do know that death isn't really death. Death is rebirth. Because our soul enters in to the state of being that is complete and total perfect happiness to see God face to face, to see all of our family members and loved ones who have passed on before us waiting there for us in a, in a, in a most beautiful, beautiful state. And what great joy that then brings. The Catechism says in paragraph 1027, the mystery of the blessed communion with God and all who are in Christ is beyond all understanding and description. Scripture speaks of it in images, life, light, peace, wedding feast, wine of the kingdom, the Father's house, the heavenly Jerusalem, paradise, and of course from St. Paul, no eye has seen nor he heard, nor the heart of man conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. There are no human words or expressions that can describe it. I hope, you know, we all hope for what we think heaven would be like for us, what would be our heaven. <laughs> I think the great joy, as I said, of being reunited with, with family and friends once again. And to be also then in a state of being, in a, in, a, in a state of mind, whatever that might be, to understand that even those individuals in this life with whom we may never have gotten along or who irritated us or vice versa, all of that would have been burned away in, in, in a purgation to see then finally the child of God that he or she is and vice versa. And there would be that perfect union. There'll be no anger or jealousy or envy in heaven or you're not getting there. You know, there'll be no, you know, I remember even talking about the levels of heaven. You know, they say there are, there are uh, um, uh, levels of heaven. And and I remember one time, a wonderful priest, Father Doherty, God rest his soul. I was saying, I was in, in church on a Saturday afternoon after confession, just contemplating that. You know, the different levels of heaven. Well, if you're in heaven, 
why are there levels? Well, Father Doherty said, you know, Jim, just imagine, because Father Doherty was <laughs> good, a good Irishman, just imagine a shot glass, a whiskey glass, and a beer glass. <laughs> and they're all filled to their capacity. You might say the, the beer glass is holding more liquid than the whiskey glass or the shot glass, but it, the shot glass is full, so it's completely satisfied. It's there. It's, where it, it's, it's completely uh, filled and completely satisfied to what it can hold. But there's not going to be any jealousy like, oh, you're in a better place than I am. No, you're in heaven. You're in heaven. And, and we long for that. We, we strive for that. We live for that. Paragraph 1028 in our catechism says, because of his transcendence, God cannot be seen as he is unless he himself opens up his mystery to man's immediate contemplation and gives him the capacity for it. The church calls this contemplation of God in his heavenly glory the beatific vision. And then it says, In the glory of heaven, the blessed continue joyfully to fulfill God's will in relation to other men and to all creation. Already they reign with Christ. With him they shall reign forever and ever. To be able to reign with Christ forever and ever, all the blessed in heaven continue to joyfully fulfill God's will. Maybe we don't think about heaven enough because we think in order to get there, I have to die. That's the process. But we mustn't fear death. We're all going to die. We're all going to leave this world at one point. No one knows the day or the hour, although I do remember Father Gro again, Father Groeschel's a lot on my mind today, so maybe he's, he's hanging around here somewhere. But I do remember Father Groeschel one time uh, um, talking about that. Um, but he, you know, even in his, 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 his teaching, Father Ben, I just lost my train of thought. Isn't that funny? So, Father, <laughs> put it back in my head what I was going to say. I was thinking about you um, uh, to be able to reign for, well, I guess it'll come back. Uh, having one of my senior moments, I suppose. <laughs> Live radio was always good for that. Kind of amplifies that a little bit. Um to be able to reign with Christ is certainly something that we, we all, uh, you know, strive for. So that 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 state of being that will be in eternity with God, without end. You know, and, and our death in this world, as you know, is is basically just a transition. <clears throat> it's not a although it may it's a physical. Um, death, a physical, uh, you know, process. The life that is our soul never dies. It it, it lives on. And you know, I always said, uh, you know, souls are ageless. Our immortal soul was infused in us at the moment of our conception, and that immortal soul will end up in all eternity, hopefully and prayerfully with 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 Almighty God. We'll never have aged. There's no age to the soul. It's the body that ages, and the body then, because of our uh, fallen nature, because of the sin of our first parents, the body will eventually die. 
But the soul lives on. The soul is, is, is immortal without age, without uh, boundaries. Right now it's bound by our bodies. But at our physical death and the transition of our soul from this world into the next is what we're created for. God wants us with him for all eternity. God wants us with him forever. So a beautiful section, and there's other, and then it goes on in our catechism. It goes on to the final purification or purgatory and then the teaching on hell. Um, but it might not be a bad section of your catechism to, to read and contemplate and study this weekend as we on um, uh, the 31st on uh, Saturday, uh, we remember the Eve of All Hallows. And then, of course, Sunday is All Saints Day. And then Tuesday is All Souls Day. So it would be a good section of catechism to just kind of sit down in a nice quiet place in your house, dust off your catechism, go to paragraph 1023, or you can pull it up online. It's on the Vatican website and other websites. You can pull the catechism. It's on our, hey, listen, it's on our free mobile app. We have the catechism. Pull it up on our on our mobile app and go to paragraph 1023 and, and read about heaven, purgatory, and hell. Very, very great teaching by the church, and we should all be doing that on a regular basis. Okay, tomorrow, hey, Cheryl and I, tomorrow we have an exorcist going to join us on the program, a real live exorcist. So uh, stay tuned for that tomorrow, 4 o'clock, and others, and uh, music, etc. So I'll be back then, God willing. Until then, have a great rest of your day. Stay dry, stay warm. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you.